Welcome to the Motor City Gameworks podcast, episode one. We are three friends, game designers, and now I guess, fellas, business owners. I'm your host, Ben Pinchback, and with me is my longtime friend, co-designer, and now business partner, Matt Riddle. What's up, man? Can't hardly wait to be here. Yeah, I know you were excited about doing this. Super (laughs) excited. You mentioned, hey, (laughs) if all I got to do is show up and talk with no prep, no effort, then I guess I'm in. And me and Adam were like, well, how would this be different than anything else you do with us? It's true. It's all true. Whatever. And also with us today is our new friend, friend of the year, new friend of the year a couple years ago. That was an official award we gave you. Brand new friend of the year. It felt good. It felt real good. Game designer extraordinaire. (laughs) Extraordinaire's overdoing it, but yes. (laughs) And now business partner, Mr. Adam Hill. Welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks. One of us is super excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Is that me or is that you? Because I'm pretty excited to be here. Okay, well, two of us are excited to be here. This This is great. All right, right on. So let's get right to it. Matt, I'm going to put you on the spot. Sure. Motor City Gameworks. So me and you have been designing games for like basically 10 years. And I was going through our catalog. You posted on Twitter the other day that we've got, I think, 15 published designs without counting expansions. That's not even counting. 15 designs. 15 designs, I think, that have an official BGG ranking, which requires... Whatever, some amount of ratings, et cetera. Yeah, and I went down through, and I was kind of counting publishers. I got us at over 10 different publishers, too. Oh, I didn't do that count, but I believe you. I mean, we, we started a lot with EGG, Eagle Griffin, obviously, yeah. but from there, you know, a lot of diversification. So I don't want to do radio for two, but I was like, I wonder if you could name all 10 off the top of your head, but it's, it's okay. Maybe. Yeah. It's kind I don't of- know. I bet you want hold on. We're going to do this next. Too. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'll I'm, keep I'm gonna, score. Not only that, I'm going to try to go in chronological order. All right. Good so luck. we have Eagle Griffin times a bunch. Yeah, they were very gracious yeah, to us. They were right. awesome. And then our first non-Eagle Griffin, I'm going to say was... Tough game. It is. Wow, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Cup Tiger Santa Claus? Uh, yeah. Maybe. All right. So I'm yep. going to say with Button Shy. Yes. And then we had... Well, I'm not going to go over anymore because it's harder than I thought it was going to be. All right. <laughs> it's so really I'm going to go actually. with Goonies, which is Albino Dragon yep. uh, inside of baseball. Never got paid for that one. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. And then... Uh, We're like, hey, I want to butt in. We're like that ACDC song, Long Way to the Top, you know, if you want to <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah. Except we're like, it's a long way to the middle third <laughs> if you want to make board games. It's a long way to mediocrity. Um, well, we're above average. But and then... So then we had IDW with uh, uh, Back to the Future. Oh, golly. Uh, I'm going to stop trying to go in order. I'm going to stop naming you've got, games, You've got actually. Green Couch. Yes, I'm getting sir. there. Ladder okay. 29 with Green okay. Couch. Yep. Oh, that's my favorite. I won't forget that one. And I won't forget any. They're all my favorites, but those are my special favorites. And then we had um, Renegade Games a few times now, but starting with Stellar. And then Rio Grande with Beta Colony. Uh, am I at seven? Uh, you're at six right now. Oh, all right. Hold on. Um, you got... Uh, uh, can I help you? Uh, Lookout Games with Pete Motts. Good. And then, um, boy, this is either really arrogant and dorky sounding that I can't remember or a little bit funny. Um, You've got Pandasaurus. Oh, I knew I was getting there. I couldn't the forget Wes. Express. <laughs> wow. I've got the biggest game that we made. Okay. <laughs> Pandasaurus with Weds and another one hopefully in the future. Uh, you got greater than games. 
Oh, well, that's not out yet. Sleepy Hollow, yeah. It's Great coming out. But it's coming out. We hope. In this year. Sometime. Delivers in August. Is that it? Delivers, that no, it delivers in August the Beta Colony, but yeah. Okay. I think yeah. you're about 10. You might have forgotten. That, that was nine. nine. That was nine. Okay, yeah. I think maybe that's it then. That's pretty solid then. Yeah. So given all that, Matt, I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, we, we can... Do I get to do mine? We're getting to you next, buddy. Because <laughs> I've, 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 I've worked own with segment. some publishers. Or can so. you remember all the publishers you've worked with up to this point, Adam? <laughs> I think I got it. All right. Well, let's actually go there. You had a tremendous Kickstarter. You and our, our good buddy, uh, Clayton Hargrave, had a huge Kickstarter. Great game, Godspeed. And then you got to release to retail during a global pandemic. So how did that work out for you? <laughs> yeah, the Kickstarter was great. Uh, the tail has not been as long as we had hoped because it turns out people couldn't get together and play a game that was uh, really made for large groups. Uh, it's good two to five, but... Three and three to five is that sweet spot most people believe. And that game is Godspeed. Godspeed. By Pandasaurus game. And yeah. it's with Pandasaurus. It's the one published game I have right now. But it's a good um, one. It's and a so, really good one. Uh, we made a quarter of a million dollars uh, on Kickstarter. Not Clayton and I made that. The company made that. That's right. And then uh, from that, so it was it was it was a strong Kickstarter. Um, and then you know what we've seen is this is really a game that could have benefited from conventions. And from open game nights. And instead, we got COVID-19. And so we're looking forward to 2021, 2022, some of the conventions coming back, being able to see people play it and get the feel of it and buy it at conventions uh, and pick it up. Uh, it is, um, I think it's a great game. It's super fun. Um, and uh, we're, we're really thrilled with it. We're proud with it. Uh, we're proud of it. And uh, we look forward to seeing it at Pandasaurus booths and yeah. different conventions. Good game. Yeah, it's a great game. I mean, I remember it the first time we actually met, kind of our origin story, playing it in the coffee shop together, and the relief I had when it was actually good. So the the origin story is you work with my wife actually at the local university. Mm -hmm. um, I you, was her friend. Yes, that's right. She always. And I keep yeah. saying I'm both of y'all's friends, no, but, but y'all don't let that happen. I can't. No, you have to choose. And so at that time, as she tells the story, I was her friend, and now. <laughs> Now I'm your friend. That's right. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So she had been telling me for years, you got to meet my friend Adam. You know, he loves games, all this. Oh, and he's designing a game. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, I'll, I'll meet your friend and it'll be great. But what a relief when I met you. And not only were you cool and funny and fun to be around, but the game was great. You and Clayton really were onto something. So it actually was fun to kind of help out. We didn't do a lot, but me and Matt played it, pitched in some ideas. And it, it sure makes it easy when somebody's cool and they made a good games oh yeah uh and y'all are great to work with and y'all are good good friends uh and and you gave great advice and good feedback and super supportive uh and provide even some great directions when you're looking to find you at a convention yeah and you just keep saying <laughs> look at the signs." stop saying there's gonna be a sign there's a joke <laughs> you were like three. there are signs upstairs yeah. i was like saying stop saying that we're not inside. You're not the first person to get lost in and around the Indiana Indianapolis uh, Convention Center. That's a large complex. Oh, man. Stop sure saying is. there's going to be a sign. We're not inside. <laughs> Why are so, you out there? So, wow. Matt. Are we the Geek All-Stars? What's going on here? Given all this. What are you drinking tonight? <laughs> water, water, Danger. water. Oh. I got a question for you, yeah. Matt. Yeah, given yeah, yeah. everything we just said. All right, hold on. Cryptozoic. 
That's the only one I forgot. I, I was almost there. And by the way, our number one selling game of all time, Rick and Morty, look who's purging now. By the by, numbers. By cop. By copy sold. Love it. So good for us. Hey, all right. I, yeah. I'm back to the question. Well, on now. that, yeah. I like royalty checks. I do. I like money. We should hang so, out. So, you know. I need money. <laughs> Spoken like a true. So, <clears throat> given all that, Matt, my question yeah. to you is why Motor City Game Works yeah. and why now? Sure. So. I would say part of that is because Ben wants to, um, like like this podcast. <laughs> I started off as somewhat begrudging, uh, like member. designing a game in the first place. Like designing a game in the first place, I was somewhat a begrudging participant. That said, uh, I, I actually have been excited to do it, and it's been fun uh, for a couple reasons. Right? I mean, Ben and I, you know, talk about this all the time. We are engineers and bosses and such in our day jobs. And it's a, they're good jobs, and we don't need to make money from game design to live because we have jobs, and this is what we do for fun. So the idea of extending that to running a company and starting more city games was scary, right? Because why do I want to ruin something that was fun? Right. right? We, we were having a good time. We like hanging out with each other. We like hanging out with other, well, our other buddies and designing games, and it's fun. And the checks are great. We were joking around earlier about money, but you know the checks are nice because, hey, money's money. But the reality of it is, again, it's not... This isn't why we did it. We didn't do it to make money. And even Motor City Games is probably under that too because, again, we're never going to replace our, our current, you know, our daytime salaries, right? So why would we do it? Why would we take on all the extra work to make a marginal percentage more, quite a bit percentage more, frankly, than we would as designers? And the answer is because we sometimes got to take your swings, right? You got to take your bat and see how it goes. And it isn't that we don't want to be Asmodee, right? We don't want to be even Eagle Griffin or I – mean, Eagle Griffin's a big company, but we're not out here to – publish other people's games and do 10 titles a year, right? We're out here to do one, maybe two titles a year, get our stuff that we want to do out there. I think we've, you know, we on it, we probably, without a good plan, fell into a pretty good plan, right? Which I think right now is going to be, you know, we're going to lean into this heavy roll and right thing that we're, that we're doing. We're going to start with three sessions and see how it goes. So independent of that part of it, right, the plan, so to speak, it was just the idea that we're going to take our shot because we wanted to do it. And Kickstarter obviously is a great avenue for that that allows you to take that chance and you know, lessen your risk financially and both also create support, et cetera. So the opportunity that that provides is means that guys like us can take a shot and say, hey, let's do this and let's get, you know, let's go directly to our customers. Let's go, you know, I mean, I don't, I hate to say the word fans. We're, we're nobody of consequence, but you know, go right to the people that want to play our stuff and sell it right to them. Positive self-talk, Matt. I, I'm awesome. You have fans. I, eh. I have friends that buy my games. You have tens of fans. <laughs> Fair. Hey, and before we go over to Adam, yeah. just for my information, what's a couple of your favorite games? Uh, my two favorite games are Galaxy Trucker and probably Trajan. That number two, I mean, I don't have favorite stuff. It's not how my brain works. I pick favorite stuff because people ask and I want to be able to answer it. Uh, but the reality of it is, you know, it's Galaxy Trucker is always, I always say that one because I do love it. And then after that, Village, Trajan, some some of those classic heroes, one of those one of those good ones. People that marginally know you, that is like the one most off-brand thing that you have about you is your love for Galaxy Trucker. Absolutely. It's, it is. It's so good. I want to tell another insider baseball story. Uh, ben and I spent three years, I'm going to say, going to Gen Con and Origins as, I mean, again, we're still nobodies, but literally knowing nobody. And, you know, we kind of met Kirkman way early on and Dan Patrice and a few other guys that are still friends now. But we spent the first couple of years sitting in the Gen Con game library playing board games. And it was me and Ben and his brother Joe 
and occasionally we'd run into somebody that we kind of knew. Actually, Rodney Smith, of all people, we, we met online kind of, and before Rodney was, you know, Rodney. I mean, he was Rodney then, but not nearly what he is now. He was still know. dashingly good-looking. Yes, yes. He's less, still, lesser known. You're right. He was a lesser known, dashingly good-looking fella. So we sat and we met up with him and Pep and played uh, Automobile, of all things, by Martin Wallace. But the point is, you know, we met a few people here and there, but we didn't have anything to do because we, we didn't know anybody. And we played Galaxy Trucker, and that was a long story to say Joe, Ben's brother, took a picture of every game cover that we played at these cons. And Galaxy Trucker, he put the game cover up, and then his other hand stuck into the shot with a big middle finger because he hated it. And I loved it, and I've loved it ever since. <laughs> that game will do it to you, though. Yes, it will. All right, Adam. So me and Matt go back, I don't know, 25 years almost at this point, maybe more. Yeah. So this is kind of the progression of our, our friendship, working together for 10 years on games. We, we work together in real life. You know, pre-COVID, we get together every day at lunch and, you know, used to design games. So it kind of makes sense. Now, you, we've been friends with for only a couple of years, and you approached us mid last year and said, hey, I see this thing you guys are doing. I want in on it. So I'm going to ask you the question, why Motor City Game Works for you? Why now? What's going on? Well, uh, I have interest in kind of a, what, what am I going to do next um, in some ways? And what will, the, what will the next step be for me? And, and, and I'm relatively newer in terms of the gaming world, um, but I'm a quick learner and I find uh, that I get really fascinated and as soon as I'm fascinated by something, I kind of deep dive and want to know everything about it. And part of that has been, I was really curious about the world of publishing. What it would take to uh, make games. I wasn't. <laughs> right. Uh, I had all the curiosity that Matt Riddle didn't. So like, and still doesn't. But, still doesn't. <laughs> but he's somehow learned it all in the last year. That's right. That's right. Begrudgingly. Um, and so... You know, I had even I had even talked to a couple of different folks about um, possibly interning and just shadowing to try and learn what this what this industry looks like from the publisher side. Like, how do you handle things? You know, what does what does distribution look like? What does manufacturing look like? What does and I had been to you know if you go to the conventions, there are usually some really great uh, you know sessions that that someone will do that you know i thought I, I went to one that panda did penny manufacturing and that was really interesting uh and fascinating to see how they kind of worked and then you know just talking with various folks and and and, and i'd had some honest conversations with a few folks about what do i want to do well uh because i'm not an engineer um i'm a pastor actually and a professor uh and, and a doctor actually yeah, yeah, got the got the old doctor. So let me there. let me butt in with this story. We're playing. I don't know. Maybe let's call this a, a year ago or whatever. We're playing games. I think it was at my house. I think one of Matt's daughters walked into the room. Adam goes, "Oh, hey, Adam. Uh, you know, uh, Lily. This is this is Adam. He's some guy I know." And, and you just were like, "Really? Out of all the things I do in life, this is the <laughs> glorious introduction I get." You couldn't have went with like game designer yeah this is some guy i know i've done i've done quite a few things uh, at this point i I think you might have at some point some guy i know some guy i know you gotta know your audience and lily don't care (laughs) so i was just getting it brief and quick hey man and you know what it worked because lily and i 
friends. It's true. Like like my my daughters are both uh, Doctor Adam Hill fans. So and and that that's exciting. That's yes. exciting. They're great. Emma and Lil are great. Um, and so, uh, but I really wanted to get into learning what the game industry had on terms of in terms of the publishing side. And you know, one day I'm kind of sitting around and I'm thinking, you know, I've got these two really good friends that we get together and we play and we get together and we, you know, I bounce design off of them and things like that. I wonder if I could ask them, like, what would it take for me to be involved in part of what y'all are doing? Takes um, money. And basically what I found out is it takes your willingness to just pump endless amounts of cash <laughs> into the system, into the system to see if you can keep it running for just a little longer. Mm-hmm. That's right. And one day there'll be a game. That's the hope. If everything goes right, one day there will be a game. Now, speaking of which, our launch title, Three Sisters. Three Sisters. So, Matt, why does yeah. Three Sisters make sense as a launch title for Motor City Game Wars? Yeah, so basically, you know, not without getting to the whole backstory of how Three Sisters came about and why we did it, it makes sense for us because it does lean into, you know, what's probably to date our most well-received game. You know, and Ben and I joke around all the time that uh, you know we're very happy to be here, and we've done this for a long time now. And we're we think of ourselves fundamentally as like good AAA players, if you know baseball at all. We're not quite major leagues, right? We don't have a hit per se. We've got several solid titles, and you know, lots of critical success, and we we couldn't be happier. So we're like thirty homers in the minor guy. Who right. People that are in the know are like, man, they don't they don't actually have some big league success. I, I thought we, they had something. We do we're not. like, eh, we kind of scratched a little bit, but right, we scratched the surface. I mean, listen, you've we're, got Rick and Morty. We do, <laughs> we do. Um, so that said, uh, we you know Fleet Dice, Fleet the Dice game, which is you know the you know to our credit, I guess, and I'm going to say to Ben's credit, frankly, as the original originator of the idea, is generally considered to be the first sort of next level roll and right. There's been a few other ones, you know, La Granja, No Siesta, and a few other ones that came around around the same time. But it's generally given a lot of credit for being one of the first or early on to lean into the roll and right genre, but then do it in a new kind of Euro heavy strategic way. So because it's been so well received, and frankly, not super easy to get, um, just because it sold out pretty quickly and Eagle Griffin's direct has a direct to consumer model they like to pursue a lot. So it's been a little harder for folks to get so that, that kind of dovetails into me answering yeah. the question that I asked y'all earlier on why Motor City Game Works, why now? We've worked with amazing publishers, and I've been happy to work with like nine out of 11 of them. Like It's been really great, mostly. The ones that paid. The ones that paid have been <laughs> phenomenal to work with. But And I'll never begrudge a publisher who's got real skin in the game making the decisions they have to make to feed their family and keep their employees Absolutely. paid yeah. and pay the bills. That is their right to do that. Yeah. But at the same time, all the decisions that were made weren't always the ones that me and Matt selfishly wanted for our games. Like Things like foreign partnerships that may or may not have you know went through when there was legit interest for some pretty big German publishers and the deal didn't quite work out. Or like Matt saying, distribution, it's, you know, Fleet the Dice isn't everywhere like we'd like to see it, but we'll never begrudge the publisher their decisions. But at the same time, I wanted to jump in and just be like, what would it be like if good or bad, succeed or fail, if we're at the driver's seat and we're making all those calls? And I'm sure it's way harder than we think it is, but that was one of the things that made me want to jump in. Yeah. No, for sure. And being, 
you know, the ability to make those decisions, right, comes with both sides. It comes with the benefits and the negatives. So mm-hmm. because if you're wrong, <laughs> it's on you. <laughs> you know, you, it's, if you're it, wrong, it's Adam Hill's money. Right, exactly. <laughs> so the, it's not just my money. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> to the oh. best of my knowledge, we've all put this in, right? Oh, we didn't <laughs> tell you that? Yes, all no. those checks we've been receiving, you assume we put in too? Right. <laughs> no. We just have the game, Adam. No. Uh, so... <laughs> No, for real, yeah, we are all equal partners uh, financially and uh, profitably, hopefully. So as we, you know, to, to, but to finish what Ben was saying, you know, to have that control comes with, you know, risk, of course. So it's been interesting, right? And, and frankly, you know, if I'm going to do another little insider baseball, uh, roll and write led into that for us because, again, like we've said a million times, we have jobs and we like we have we have families and we want to we're going to keep doing that. So a roll and write allowed us to have a somewhat easy entry into the production, uh, particularly the production side of things with the game, right? Because it is a relatively low uh, upfront cost with art and, frankly, a relatively, you know, uh, it's not a minis game where you're in a, it's, you know, 100 whatever dollars a copy. It's, it's going to be a $29, $30 game, which means the production cost is a little bit lower and, you know, the art costs are, the upfront costs are a little bit lower. So it's I mean, good can to you go imagine, there. like, we're talking a box, a couple score sheets, some rules, some dice, another pat you know a board off to the side and and some other little components and all the work we've put in to get this mm-hmm. where it needs to be yeah it makes you appreciate what the publishers go through to get board and chits and five pages of punch outs and yep. god forbid minis and all this i yep. mean that is a massive amount of work i, I do yes. think one thing that we're that we we knew this right because again ben and i particularly have been around companies that have let us be involved with different parts of the process so we knew it was a lot of work, but what's been interesting is exactly that, to realize that every decision that you make has an impact, and every decision that you make has to be made, as silly as mm-hmm. that sounds. So as you kind of figure out what you're trying to do and what you want to do with your own game, you realize that you know every little bit adds up, and every little thing has a cost, and it's just a matter of balancing that and figuring out how to make it run. And I understand why companies you know, take two years to fulfill sometimes. Or, right three years Libby Hollow because there's just a lot to do. And 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 that's one of the things that makes a roll and write a a it w- it made it an intriguing place for us to start. Uh, because it seemed more easily deliverable from a production standpoint and from a cost standpoint to be able to learn in in the process how to do this. And how to do this effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and y'all do have a lot of skill at these. Uh, Fleet the Dice Game is slash was my number one of all time roll and write. It's everything I wanted in a roll and write. Okay? It, did fall, I, it did fall out of your top ten, I noticed, but it's all right. We're still friends. It is it is ranked <laughs> with several other games. I understand. I'm just at that it. number nine spot. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's, a, it's sort of like card games. Yep. Even if they're the best game you've ever played, it's, it's a six. I got it. Um, no, I'm just playing. Uh, I love <laughs> no, that. No, no, hold on. That's real, by the way. So there is a small risk that goes with rolling rights, right? They're going to get disregarded, even with all the work that we've done with Fleet Dice and then now Three Sisters to make sure people realize that it's different and that what we're doing is different. It is still a rolling right, and that has a connotation that goes with it. So, you know, it's not... You know, we're trying to convince people, hey, listen, this is a it's a euro to use that word. It's sure. a euro that happens to use roll and write as the primary mechanic. So 
Well, and that's the truth. I mean, because that's what I loved about Fleet Dice the first time I played it is uh, it brought me the feeling and 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 the brain burn and the strategic impulses uh, of a a euro game. The kind of and I like medium weight to heavyweight euros most of the time. Mm -hmm. That's what I prefer to play. And so I felt like I had finally found that in this format. And then I played Three Sisters which is a game I didn't help design, um, but it's so good. And it, once again, is that same Euro feel. And so that's why we like these loaded rolling rights. These, these just, you know, this is, this is full of everything that a Euro has. Strategy, there's obviously tactics because of the role, but, but if, if, if you're not thinking strategically, you're going to get housed. Mm-hmm. And, and it, is, it is so fun. For someone who likes uh, more in-depth games, more strategic games, to play one of these rolling rights and to watch people because it's not simple, but at the same time it's so accessible, mm-hmm. um, and and it's and it's such a wonderful game. And so I I without even you know I, I I wasn't a designer, but I still decided I want to be a part of producing this game. And so, you know, I jumped in to put my money where my mouth was more or less because I was telling people this is a great game. This is going to be a great game. And now I'm like, okay, I want to help make this great game. And for me, I was just going to say it came at the perfect time. Um, You bring a lot of energy and skill set that like so me and Matt do a lot of things well that the other person doesn't do as well. Like we have some crossover. Obviously, we both, you know, consider the other a great designer and all these things. But we have a lot of of crossover and we fill each other's gaps. And I think you've came in at the exact time and brought a lot of energy. And frankly, you fill a lot of gaps that the two of us have. So I think with the three of us actively working this, we're now positioned to do it well. And even the things we've been working behind the scenes the last couple of days, each person is kind of off doing the thing that they're, they're good at, they're passionate about. And I think this is going to be a really good setup, much better than if it, you know, it was just me and Matt trying to do it alone. So I'm really excited to do this together. And we have gotten the chance to design together. And yeah. so I'm looking forward to the game that comes after. Yeah. No, I was going to say, this is for a future podcast. Well, so I was going to say, so let's just assume that Three Sisters does well enough that we mm-hmm. get to keep doing this. And all that you know, money we put in wasn't lost. And you know, whether it goes viral or it does, it does well, um, it leads us to another project. So you know, what, what do you, Adam, I'll put you on the spot. What do you see? What's your vision for Motor City GameWorks moving forward? Uh, well, I think we continue to explore this place of uh, meaty choices, good strategic choices in in this format, uh, and and maybe we maybe we venture out of roll and write territory. But right now, there's so much left to discover. Um, you know, we we um, we've got we've been working on this project. Uh, for a while that it's, it, it sounds like it's the namesake. Um, don't give it away, but I promise n- not the namesake necessarily. <laughs> uh, but it does, it does roll into it. Uh, but it's, it's about, you know, kind of the auto industry and we're kind of inspired by that. Cause all of us kind of live near, we're in the Detroit ish area. Uh, and so that's been a part of kind of our life for a while. And so inspired by that, but uh, it's another one of these ways to use dice and paper that can do some really amazing things that require uh, strategic thinking and and bigger choices. Yeah, and I would say, I don't want to lose sight of that when we get to that in a couple podcasts, that that is, you know, 
you you were a hundred percent a co-designer, if not the lead designer on that one. I would so say lead designer. It's got to be, you know, it's not, even though you didn't design Three Sisters, you know, now from here on out, right, our intention is that we're all designing all these together for Motor, for Motor City Gameworks. So, and I like what you said, that there is so much left to discover in the format. Like, you know, Fleet Dice was, was a pure box-checking, engine-building fest. And Three Sisters has engine building and combos, but it actually really leans into this timing element of planning your water actions and when the rain's going to fall and when everything needs to pop at the same time. That's actually why I can't beat Matt because he can just, he can visualize and plan that timing element along with the combos and all that. And now this follow-on game we're talking about is, is more Euro-y even yet, but there's so much space yet to discover with different dice mechanisms on selection and activations that happen when you pick the die different ways that the sheet leads you to the free thing way over there which gives you the free thing way over there and then you need this thing there's just so much space left to discover um i think once we get to the point where we felt like we were repeating ourselves or we've done everything in that space we we might move on but we're still having fun mm -hmm. discovering the space exactly and then combo that with the efficient footprint and the way you can produce them for a small company startup like us, produce them without tens of thousands of dollars up front, you know, in art costs. Like Matt and I were talking to the president of Queen Games, you know, almost 10 years ago. At least, yeah. And I, he just threw a number out talking to me and Matt, but it was like 10 or 20 grand on art that they were spending at the time per game. Like, right between graphic design and art, et cetera. And this is when the funny, the funny backstory to that is. He was fantastic to talk to, and we, we had not been with Queen. We'd love to be, of course, because they're great. But it happened to be the con where Lancaster was sitting at the Queen Games booth for like $55, and every other booth for like 19 That's an exaggeration. But like 30, Pretty much the same. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's a fantastic. It's one of my favorites. Literally, it's, it's in my top five or six. And it's because, you know, what, you know, without getting, without giving, you know, he was speaking to us just kind of friendly, but. They go, they spend a lot of money, and they print a lot of copies. And the, right. the risk, the, the cost of that is that you have more copies out there, so Cool Stuff's got it, and the booth next to Cool Stuff has it, and you know, et cetera. And they're all undercutting each other and then undercutting the booth. But it, it, the point is, the, that was always a funny story to me because I remember thinking to myself, man, you know, there's a lot of Lancaster here today, and it's such a great game. But he just, you know, they, they, they to Ben's point, you know, they spent a lot of money on art and a lot of money on graphic design. And they, and got, they, they printed a ton of them. And they print a ton of them, and it gets out there. So that's their model, and it works for them. But for Motor City Gameworks, we're excited to work in this slightly more pared-down space. Yeah, that's right. Trying to be more efficient with components and packaging, et cetera. I, it's funny because... With a full gaming experience. Exactly. And again, we're you know because this is the first show, and after it, we'll see what we do as we develop. I think this will be like, what, a, a quarterly podcast? Yeah, something like that. Give or take. Uh, <clears throat> But the um, <laughs> so monthly monthly sure monthly works. But the uh, monthly it's interesting probably monthly. Twice but monthly. the probably monthly. But the, as we go forward here, we'll do you know the the next step right. And again, maybe this is something we can talk about on a future show. Again, I keep saying that, but it's been interesting. That's the that's the biggest piece that you know I, I knew existed. Right, we all know the three tier model. You got production. You've got you know the the not production. You've got the publishing house distribution. And the stores, right? The, the friendly local game stores, online stores, et cetera. But how that all actually is integrated and, in, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Ben and I have said this a million times, it's just a guy. Not a guy. I say guy isn't like that, you know, generic word. But it's just one person 
who makes a call. And they make mm-hmm. a call for a whole company sometimes. So as much as it is about doing all the right things, at the end of the day, it's often just talking to the person. The person makes a decision. So you know, understanding that we have to figure out, you know, as we, as we look forward, right, we don't see our futures as having the booth next to, you know, greater than games and talking to Kirkman across the aisle. We don't want to run a booth. We don't want to have stacks of games and be there from nine to six. We want to continue enjoying our con experiences the way that we do now. And right. the way to do that is to, you know, theoretically figure out what to do with the rest of our copies. Because whatever we saw on Kickstarter right. is great. But there's going to be... Kickstarter March 9th, 2021. Kickstarter March 9th, 2020. Exactly. Find it. Three sisters. Um, but whatever we saw on Kickstarter is awesome. It's going to pay for everything else that we do. But we're going to have another X thousand copies to move. And, you know, really, that's the scary part, right? Is we've got to figure out what to do with that. And we've got some options and we're working that through. But, you know, I'll be honest, right? And I say this from my background as a, you know, engineer, like Ben said, Ben, our engineer. But really, at the end of the day, that becomes program managers, frankly. So... The production part wasn't bad because it was all, it was all, I knew the language, right? So I, I could, I could see through it. I, I knew how to quote. I knew what, how to get bids and review and talk. And that all made sense to me. The other half is a lot scarier because, you know, you're going to have these things on a boat somewhere and the boat's going to get here eventually. And then you're going to be sitting in a warehouse and that all costs money. So they better have a place to go when they get here. So, you know, that's the unknown for all Kickstarter creators, right? Is no one knows, no one knows nothing about nothing, but no one really understands, you know, is anyone going to want their thing once the Kickstarter is over? So we hope people do. We hope folks are going to be keeping going to be interested. But, uh, you know, we'll see. So you've been digging into that a lot recently and kind of found some some partnership options. And we've been talking a lot about them in detail. And you've been doing a great job with that. And um, I want to ask you this question because all this great work you've been doing, you know, specifically in that area. Because... You know, plan A is they all sit in the basement and we just hope somebody buys them. So right. plan B was certainly going to be better than plan A. Yeah. And you, you've been doing a nice job. Where plan A was Adam's garage. Yeah. So what did you do with the extra thousand we definitely, copies? We definitely need another plan. Right, yeah. Yes. XXX, Kennebook, uh, you, know, you send them to an address. and uh... Exactly. So I wanted to ask you, Matt. Yeah. You always get begrudgingly drug into these ideas and these I adventures. Do. And then you end up doing all the work. So what's your secret? <laughs> okay, so in this case, you know, this is not the, like not the podcast as we've discussed. I think in this case there was a couple things, right? I knew what I was getting into because again, you know, I've known Ben for twenty something years. You know years who now. you're working with, right? I know who I'm working with. You know, lots of ideas, lots of great ideas, and then from there, what does the website say? The website says that Ben is his position is charisma and good ideas. Right. My position is prototyping and bad ideas. Love it. And Matt's position is the person who actually does all of the work. <laughs> so right. on brand. So I'm going to say, in my case, it's a couple things. Uh, life situation's a big one. You know, we always tease, you know, joke around about Ben and his big family, but it's all true. He literally has five kids. We're not joking. We didn't yep. make them up, and they are all in the elementary to early middle school age. While I have a couple of teenagers who are, you know, uh, awesome, but they don't need me mm-hmm. 100%. So I'll be honest, right? When 415, especially honestly, this, this past year, uh, frankly, right, from a personal level of working from home has allowed me, frankly, to be, you know, because I, when you go to the office and you, I get up. I was getting up at five fifteen in the morning, and I was getting to work at six thirty. And I'm working until four. And I'm driving home, so I'm, I'm out of my house from five to five. I don't want to do anything. I want to talk to my girls. I want to eat dinner. I want to see hi, say hi to Carly. And I want to play a video game, or maybe, or God willing, it's game night. I get to go play a game. 
I would probably not have had the you know the energy, so to speak, to do you know what it's taken to do with Motor City Games. But the fact that you know the the shining light for me in the pandemic, frankly, was I got to work from home. Right, we got to continue getting you know what's a a very healthy paycheck that I appreciate very much. But you know, I, I do a lot of work for it. But now I'm doing that work from seven fifteen when my alarm goes off at seven thirteen. I literally pick the laptop up <laughs> off the floor, open it, and I'm working. You know, with a couple of clicks later. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting two extra hours of sleep. I'm working till 4.30 or 5, and then I close the laptop, and I'm immediately done. And I've been home all day, and, I, and I'm wearing shorts, and in the summer, I'm sitting outside, and I have more energy. So I was able to, you know, more quickly transition to the ability to, you know, to have the – because the thing is, right, you know, I've been – if you've ever saw me on Twitter or listened to me on podcasts, I do tend to sometimes get a little frustrated with publishers because I think – that the business isn't as hard as they make it sometimes. And the number one thing in the business, in my opinion, number one thing in any business, right, well, is availability. But, but next behind that is communication. Right. And they do it poorly, frankly, in a lot of cases. And I get it. They're busy. They're overwhelmed. They're trying to grow. They're doing, they're doing something different than we're doing. So they need to do as many things as they can at any given year to make, them, to make money to support their staff. And I appreciate that about them. But what it takes is, is, is you know, opening up your... My email's on all day. I have my phone in front of me. I'm not, you know, of course, right? you can stop and send a quick email during the workday. But really at, you know, 5.01, you get a bunch of emails going and you get a bunch, whatever you have to do that day, you do it. And it's all communication and you get it out there. Because nothing that we're doing right now is anything more than that. It's just gathering data, communicating data to people that need it and figuring it out. I mean, it, it took, no exaggeration, right? I mean, dozens of man hours to manage 30 Kickstarter previewers and reviewers because they you know everyone takes a personal email and every personal email takes an uh-huh. address and responses and you're going back and forth and you're you're reaching out and you're trying to find them and that takes it took a lot of time uh-huh. you know and it's going to pay off i think for us because that's who's you know getting the bulk of our click throughs and our in our, our our eyes but you know all that takes work but at the end of the day it's it's it's, it's communication and that that's not hard work it just takes doing it it's always you know? been your strong suit though it has been You've been a strong communicator in your professional life and in our gaming right existence no it, it, i remember seeing a tweet from grant rodiak about his professional life not his gaming life saying that he basically he's a busy guy and he's you know he runs sims 4 whatever he does right and but he runs a zero-sum inbox which i do as well i do not leave the day with unread emails because you're just sitting you're setting your next step for failure and i feel the same way you know, is with Motor City Gameworks, right? You don't leave the day with unread emails. I may not, so I may not solve the email, but I'm going to look at it and I'm going to file it and folder it appropriately. I was trying to coach my sixth grader on that just mm-hmm. this week. Um, yep. I'm not telling you how to live your life, but one way is to use your inbox as a task list. Yep. Read read them all, and if you're done with it, file it in a folder. If yep. it's still in your inbox, it's because it requires action. Yep. Like that's a system that works for a lot of professionals. So yep. just adopt it, and then you won't get three weeks down the line and you didn't turn in the assignment yet. Mm-hmm. The email's sitting right there. Exactly. Like, Come on, man, you're killing me. It is. 100%. Ben and I have said this for ten years, right? If people ask us advice, we always say, "Have a design partner and act like a professional." And that's easier said than done. I get that, right? It's easy for us because we are professionals. It's right. part of our real lives, and we'd be able to transfer that not only to Motor City Gamers, but prior to this, to our game design relationships with designers and publishers. So I, I think that's the answer to every question. It doesn't mean it's going to work, by the way, right? We could be the, I mean... The I most would, professional people right. that don't sell games. And no one wants our game. At the end of the day, <laughs> it is what it is. But I mean, listen, like I was thinking of this. I was thinking about the fact that our Kickstarter page is done about a full week in advance. 
and that's what we targeted. We probably targeted two weeks in advance, and you know, we ended up about a week in advance. So you could, we could hit the button right now if we wanted to. We're not going to. We're hitting it March 9th, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. March 9th, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. That was March 9th, 2021, <laughs> 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Three, three sisters, sisters. Three sisters. Three sisters. From Motor City Game Only Wars. $29.99. And Correct. we all have kids who need to eat and be put through college. <laughs> ben has five children. Five. Right. Count them. I think five. I already blew that, though, and I talked about our professional salaries. But either way, the point is... He talked about y'all's professional salaries. Remember right. me. I have a wife and child as well. You're a pastor. They roll in money, right? Yeah, pastors are just. I am. I am just swathed in cash. Yeah, we've already talked about Adam's significant financial contribution. Good point. Right. Good point. So we need to. We need to get him back. So, but yeah. Either way. So the point is, we uh, we ran the show professionally, and we got to where we needed to be. And now we'll see if people want the game. Nothing else you can do. I would say our weak point, frankly, right? If we had a weak point, would be marketing. Yeah. Neither of us are marketeers. Adam's not a marketer. So, you know, I think we did the things we knew how to do, right? We reached out to existing contacts. We got prototypes out there. We, you know, we talk about it on Twitter, et cetera, and we're leveraging our existing relationships. We're probably missing some bullets in the gun in regards to reaching out to people that, you know, are outside of our circles. But, you know, we're going to try to get through this one with our existing circle. And then from there, if we need to expand, we'll, you know, that's for the next time. And to give you some credit, I think you did a great job canvassing a, a wide array on those you know, 30-ish preview copies that we were able to send out. Not only did you do a great job assembling them, you found that sweet box to send them in, you know, yep. managed, you know, the print and plays and all that. But I think you did a nice job of cross-platform and, you know, a diverse group of... Uh, right. Yeah. We're in early on this on this burgeoning board game TikTok thing. That's right. Just we, we are. The, the board game TikTok is crazy. So what's funny is, you know, and, and, to, to, you know, in, and in Danielle's reality, a right, riot. She is a riot. She's awesome. Follow her. I don't know her TikTok because I don't have TikTok, but find her. She's great. So what's interesting is, is you know, this whole idea of, you know, specifically targeting, for example, you know, voices, diverse voices, right, marginalized voices isn't hard because I never had to do it before, frankly, right? I, and it wasn't something that I've ever thought I was going to have to do. You just find folks that, you know, maybe have a different audience than you and you reach out and you ask them and then maybe they say yes, maybe they say no. I, I guess. So the point is, and I'm not saying this to rip on anybody, but I'm not sure people complain about it because it wasn't that hard. You just you no, just kind of do it. It's the right thing to do, and it helps. Exactly. Yeah. It's both. Yep. So no, no, it's selfish too. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. Right. Like, it wasn't just. Yeah, I did it because I we want different circles and it's outside of our circle. And right. So I'm gonna pivot a little bit, yeah. and this podcast, Motor City Game Works podcast, is gonna also be a space for us to talk about our other creative endeavors, our designs, not just the next thing that Motor City Gameworks has on Kickstarter, although you will get a healthy dose of that, because why not? So I'm gonna ask Adam. So now that you're co-owner Motor City Gameworks, co-designing all these games with me and Matt, are you still gonna continue to design games as Adam Hill with Clayton Hargrave? Are you still gonna sell to other publishers? What's, what's your creative plan? Um, yes, because I, Clayton and I, uh, designed together, um, and you know, we, we did Godspeed, um, and we have another one that we're working on that is almost done, um, and, and ready to be pitched to publishers, uh, that would, it wouldn't fit here because it's a much larger game with a lot bigger footprint and a lot more going on, a lot of components. Um, and, and, What's that? It does brambles. have brambles. Good. Um, <laughs> anywhere Clayton goes, there are brambles that are trying to hedge him in. Good. Good. Um, and and we uh, 
you know, what we have was uh, Clayton and I basically had to take a break uh, from designing uh, because in this last year, in addition to COVID, um, Clayton's wife actually was diagnosed with breast cancer. And in the past, you know, 12 months, she's uh, been able to beat that and is uh, in remission and doing great and really getting back to normal. And that's wonderful. Uh, My wife, uh, Kelly, is a nurse Mm -hmm. and has been working in the hospitals and for a while was working on the front lines with folks who were uh, coming in with COVID diagnoses and, and, and all of that. And at that Clayton and I decided it would be best for us not to spend time together uh, because we didn't want to cross contaminate Caitlin mm-hmm. absolutely uh, with Kelly's hospital germs mm-hmm. uh, and accidentally we didn't want that to happen and so Clayton and I kind of took a time out but we were actually just talking about this yesterday um, with Caitlin now being cleared and being done with all of her chemotherapy and her radiation and all of that and being completely given the clear sign. Um, we were able to start talking as soon as we get our vaccinations to possibly start meeting together and, and designing again, which is really great because we got this game um, called uh, Druids that we would really love to finish. And that game just killed the last Unpub we were able to go it to. Was, I remember that. It went very well, and it's gotten way better. Uh, and yeah. the storyline's amazing. I mean, and Not I mean, to like just Tarzan you here, but people were lining up to play... I mean, what does it take? Maybe 90 minutes to two hours per It was a 90-minute play uh, playing ex- sample. Which is the exact opposite of what people that walk into Umpub are generally looking for. Generally, they want a quick in and out, easy rules. When they walk into right. Unpub and say, hey, how long does this game take? And you tell them, 90 minutes. And you probably won't finish it. Plus some Because it's a story-based game mm-hmm. that rolls out over seven chapters. Yeah. So you're just playing one chapter and just try and get the feel for it. But, but you had people going, okay, I'll be back at six. Yes. And they would come back. They would. It was almost like putting a quarter down on the pool table. Yeah. They exactly. were like, we're next. Uh, and so someone else would come up and they'd be like, no, no, no. We're next after that group. Mm-hmm. You can get in line behind us. In 90 more minutes. Right. <laughs> in 90 more minutes. And, and, and so it went really well at Unpub. We've made some great changes and some great... We learned a lot from Unpub. Unpub's great. I can't wait to be able to do that again. Um, and, and that game is so close to being done mm-hmm. that we can't wait to get back together, relearn how to play it, and then actually finish, finish that. Yep. Uh, because we're just like one and a half chapters away from being completely finished and uh, the story has really come together great Clayton's been really taking the lead on the story bit and um, it's 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 just all working right now um, we're in the final part where we're kind of looking at what it will be for two players for three players and how do you you know how do you do it with these two combination because it's kind of a co-op experience and so Clayton and I are still working together um, and still what playing. Was, what was the working title of that one? Um, the right now it is um, kind of druids, and then uh, <laughs> druids, <laughs> nature and shit. Basically, uh, is good, it's good title. Good title. Yeah, we've worked on that. I, I it's right now. It's uh, I'm trying to. I think it's the the desolation cycle or something like that. Bum bum bum. Yeah. Sure. Bad stuff is going to happen. That that was a long answer to a short question. Yes. 
Druids. So in two to three years, look for druids. No, 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 no. The, maybe. No, no. I mean, that's, that's it published. Correct. Oh, correct. <laughs> yeah. Two to three years. Um, and so we're still working. Uh, we still do some things. I've still got a couple designs that I have my own that I'm looking for uh, the right publisher to pick up. Uh, and so if you're looking for a quirky game about magic shops, let me know. Um, but I, I still plan to work with other designs, whether it's with Clayton or doing my own thing. But at, most of my time and energy right now is going to designing games with y'all and making sure that, uh, everything that Motor City does is, you know, as strong as it can be. Yeah. And so this has been a really great fit for me at this time. Um, because it's given me a place to use my gifts and, and that creative outlet and use my talent. And we've actually been spending a lot of time, the three of us, working on spec for a game a company approached us. Um, not in a place to talk about it yet, but hopefully in the next six months to year, maybe we can talk about it here. But um, it is cool that you know the three of us are starting to branch out and even doing things above and beyond you know Motor City Games. It's funny because... Um, before we produced our own game, I, I didn't have the full appreciation on how much harder and longer it takes to produce a game than even design the game. Mm -hmm. Like, not you know, we design way faster than we can produce. Yeah. So for Matt and I, I'll let Matt, you know, maybe schlub a couple of things we got coming up, but mm -hmm. we're always going to make games faster than we could ever publish them. Yeah. Even if we wanted to publish everything we did and we had the capacity to do bigger games, we're just going to be quicker at designing them yeah. than producing them. It's uh, somebody's funny because somebody actually asked me just this week or might have been last week about that. And Ben and I are still designing, you know, disappointingly Matthew card games together. Him and I. I mean, yeah. Ben and I will always design together, right? We said that years ago. We, you know, that it'll always be the two, even if one of us does all the work. You know, and like and like for example, Sleepy Hollow was pretty much ninety eight percent Ben. You know, we still we're both going to get the credit for it, right? Because that's what we do. We design together. We're a team. But then we will branch out with Adam, and Adam is part of Motor City Gameworks, whether he designs the games for it or not. But we'll still continue to do our own designs, sell to other publishers. Mm -hmm. You know, like our next one that we're looking forward to. You know, it's funny because all the all of your energy and focus right now is on Three Sisters, but Subastral is coming out from Renegade. That's right. Uh, in I don't think I can say what when the follow up to Stellar. The follow up to Stellar, and that's been announced. I'm not sure the dates. Yet. We'll call it summer. So that's a card game that we've been, you know, loved for that's years. Another great cover. It's it's a it's boy. A Renegade is hooking y'all up with some covers right now. The best Sobel's the best. So, um, well, the story on that one was fun because we're actually working with Beth on that one in kind of an equal partnership, and she yeah. had approached us, and it's it's a really fun story how we came to work with her on that, and we just love working with Beth. Um, yeah, she did the cover of Three Sisters for those that mm -hmm. don't know, and just go look at her portfolio. She is just one of the best yeah. artists working yeah. today. Maybe when it's closer to launch, we'll circle, we'll circle back to the whole Beth story because it's a good story. But yeah, yeah Beth's great. So the point is, you know, we still have other things happening, right? So this year with Subastral and then Sleepy Hollow, you know, we've we've got another one we're working on. We're always working on a card game. I don't know those advice Ben always gives. Always have a always have a card game. Always have a card game on you. Yep. So that was that was one of the first things you ever said to me. I said, yep. "What do I do at this at this convention? I'm going to my first uh, unpub. What should I do?" And Ben looks at me and he says, "Like like the wily veteran, <laughs> looking at me, he goes, always have a card game on you.' <laughs> as a designer, as a designer." Well, Absolutely. and since then, there's and been, I was like, "I'm carrying yours right now," and he's like, "No, your own, idiot." <laughs> there's been times we've been late at night at a convention together, you know, twelve in the morning, one in the morning, and people are sitting around shooting the bull, and I look at you and I go, 
we should be playing your card game right now. And you're like, oh, I don't have one. I'm like, oh, I guess we'll play mine. Boom. Slam it on the table. Six of us are playing I think our latest game. experience was when we were doing just that. It was 1 a.m. People were sitting around just doing nothing but talking. And, and Ben goes, hey, Adam, you got a game for us to play? And I said, <laughs> yeah, I've got this one. It's a Euro about da-da-da-da-da. And, and someone said, well, how long does it take? And I was like, ah, about 90 minutes for this group. And they were like, hmm. I'd love to see your game, but no. And then Ben goes, that's why you should always have a card game on you. And breaks out a card game. And immediately, get this, we played that stupid card game for 90 minutes. Boom. But this is about, it didn't have to be 90 minutes, Adam. It's a commitment. That's how it's done. It's a, it's a front-end commitment. Oh, well, how long does it take? 25 minutes? Yeah. Let's do it. Four times. So I, I can lead you to water, man. I can't make you make a card game. You can't. I, I, I can't figure out how. So that's good. I'm here to learn that, too. Awesome. Don't bother. So, hey, we're going to wrap this up real quick, but just because um, we talked a lot about Three Sisters, our launch title, we talked about that roll and write format that we're just in love with. Why don't each of you give me one or two either roll and write, flip and writes that you're passionate about, just maybe that inspired you or that is in that same class as Fleet Dice and Three Sisters that you really love that people should check out if they haven't. Even if it's obvious, just Matt, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, so my favorite's Welcome To. Yep, I love of course. it. It's, it's great. Phenomenal. It deserves all of its praise. All of it. Uh, Cartographer's also great. Oh, yeah. So, and then I'm going to throw... No, Cartographer's one. is an interesting one because it's more of what I'm not usually looking for, mm-hmm. but it's so dang good that it pulls it off. And what I'm usually not looking for is just that spatial puzzle to fill yep. in. I'm, I'm more looking for like the Euro elements, but Cartographer's just does it so darn well does. that it, it gets away with it. You yep. know, the different scoring every game type mm-hmm. of thing, just fill in the space. But yeah, I would buy one. I'd buy either of those games if you're listening. I'm going to steal one of Adam's because it's probably my favorite small one that he introduces to it. And it's uh, Castles of Burgundy, the dice game. Come on. How, this, how can you say Listen, three and you take all three? Because those are the best three besides Fleet Dice. Because Castles of Burgundy, the dice game is so underrated. Because it's like, it got ignored because it's a little box. and It probably didn't need to be Castles of Burgundy. And it's, it's a little on the lighter side. Like You can have a, a loser move turn where nothing kind of happens, but it's just so great. So those, those are my, my three, or those are my, my pantheon of uh, rolling rights. Well, uh, Knock Mall's great, too. Adam? Since, since Matt right. stole all mine, go ahead, Adam. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, I was going to say Castles of Burgundy, the dice game, was probably uh, the best one I've found other than not named Fleet Dice or Three Sisters. Um, although uh, a couple that I've been enjoying and that I think are well done, of course, that's pretty clever. Uh, Ganshung Clever uh, is fantastic. Came out right around the same time as... Uh, Fleet Dice. A little, little before, but yeah. A little before. Um, it's more It's more of a math puzzle yeah. sometimes. Um, but I, I, I do still enjoy that. I still get a lot of play out of that. And then, um, oddly enough, okay, I enjoy Medici, the dice game. I haven't played it. Um, I like Medici, actually. Ben and I both played Medici quite a bit back Yeah, in the day. it's not a lot like that. Um, I, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to, uh, they were like, great. He mentioned it. Oh, so I doubt they'll ever listen to this, Yeah. but should they, I enjoy the game. Um, I will say the graphic design on the score pad is pretty rough because it is super dark. Is that grail games? Um, I think it is. Doesn't I think matter. so. Uh, but the, you're supposed to be tracking your goods and that, that area where you're tracking your goods 
is so dark that you can't tell if you've shaded it in or not unless you're in great lighting. Like we couldn't have played it in my old game room lighting. Got it. You know what people love is when you track goods and every fifth good you get a free action. Yeah, they Fair. totally don't do they that. Do. Uh, eventually they start giving you extra points though. Uh, but it is a fun game that I've been able to get to the table that I liked really well. Um, and then also I enjoy uh, welcome to is amazing. Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed floor plan. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah, it was cute. Um, that that's got a lot to like. Yeah. It was a little more open than I generally prefer, but I liked it when I played it a couple times with you now. Mm -hmm. So, Hey, on that note, while we, before we get Ben's topic, and this is, I, I'm not, being a jerk here, I'm just really bad at this. Portugal, is that, is that the one attached to Spain? It is attached to yeah. Spain. Good, okay. All right. I couldn't remember if it was that or South America. I always get those confused. What, what did that have to do with anything? Oh, nothing. I was just looking at my geek mails, and somebody from Portugal was curious about supporting. Yeah, it's the little sisters. guy attached to Spain. Portugal Sweet. is attached to Spain. Okay. I wanted to make sure. I was just curious. Yeah. Thanks, You're guys. probably thinking that they speak Portuguese in Brazil. That was probably where you're. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm so bad at geography and stuff like that. I was, couldn't yeah, tell. My no, worst no subject. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say, you guys mentioned all the heavy ones I like. So my shout out is a complete opposite end of the spectrum. The one that made me design a roll and write in the first place, and that was Rolling America. And when I played Rolling America, it was so simple and the puzzle was so good. I, I actually tweeted, well, I don't ever need to design a roll and write because it's been done. Like this puzzle is as good as it gets for me. And they were like, hey, you know, make fleet the dice game, the roll and write. I was like, whatever. But then it was like, well, maybe we'll go the other way since the puzzle's already been done. We'll just see if we can get a full Euro game in this format. So I should also say, I really liked lanterns dice. Um, I that enjoyed that good. one. Yeah. Um, I, as a matter of fact, my wife really loves that game. Um, she I did like that really one. That wins good. it all the time. Of course, my wife wins yeah. a lot when she plays she me. She sure does. Um, and, but when she plays y'all just want to point that out. Um, and so, uh, you know, she, she really loves that game, but that one's been, uh, really well done. And we really enjoyed that. You know, I need more roll. I need more roll and rights on BGA. Like I've been playing a lot of rolled West yes. from friend of the show, Daniel Newman, and that and welcome to works super well on BGA. They do like, cause it's, you know, it's, like, it's fun to virtually check off. Boxes. It is. No, oh, it totally rolled works. West, a little rolled scribble West sound it makes. Yeah. pretty good. No, rolled West is great. It actually rolled West works pretty well async too. So both of those games, like there needs to be more, you know, We'll see. One of us should be working with some developers to get three sisters on BGA someday. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Esmode bought them, so. Oh, it's the yeah. worst. Developers, uh, well, they're a different topic, different time. But yeah. either way, what, you got one, you got another one for us, Benny? Is that it? No, that was it. Silver and gold. Oh, gosh. What yeah. are your favorites? Yeah. Silver and gold is a family favorite. Everybody from me to my mom to the kids to the wife, everybody in between just, yeah. we can't play it enough. Like, it's, yeah. it's good enough that I love it. Y'all love it. My five just turned six-year-old loves it like something about filling in um boxes and the way that it, you get the gold you get the x's that give you the extra square it's got the comboing like it's just uh, as it's adam great. says it's rad and it's everybody it's what literally i firmly believe everybody should own silver and gold silver there's, and gold is great there's no and reason not to own that game if you're a gamer. i give i give so many copies of that away yeah. at christmas yeah like if if someone doesn't have it they they're gonna own it when i'm done because that's what they expect right they expect the game guy to give them a game super affordable super quality and yeah. everyone loves it for mm -hmm. years me and matt have been like what is it with philip walker harding that he just gets it he knows what's fun and and we don't know if we knew we would make games that sold like silver and gold and sushi go but he just has his finger on the pulse of 
what's fun. He does. He knows right. what's fun. He knows that Ra is fun. That's a joke because he's a genius. <laughs> Even if Sushi Go is just Ra the card game. But that said, <laughs> I'm not saying, I don't say that. I, that's not a jerky. I don't hey, say that dismissively. I wish we thought of it. Uh, me too. <laughs> no, because legitimately, right? Like he, he does all this stuff that's so good. And it's all good in the space that sells a lot better than the stuff we do. Because he just he knows how to get just far enough to make you super engaged, have a super good time, and not spend 35 minutes explaining what every little section of the sheet does. But hey, that's what we do. We're, we're leaning what we do right. So. And that's what we do. So on that note, guys, I think that's a show. Sure. All right. It's been fun. I am looking forward to what this next week, the next six months, the next years to come happen with y'all business-wise, design-wise, friendship-wise. Me and Matt always say not to be whatever about it, but the journey and doing it with a friend and now doing mm-hmm. it with friends is is the fun thing. Yep. Yep. Going to the convention, sleeping on the floor, although Matt, you know, Matt doesn't sleep on the floor, but you know what I'm saying? Like the adventure and the fun of doing it together is is I, the point. I need a mattress. This is a vehicle to kind of just have fun with your buddies. Yeah. If we make a couple bucks along the way, that's gravy. Yep. And if we sell some games, that's awesome too. But doing it with y'all is fun and yep. we'll talk to y'all soon. Appreciate yeah, it, legitimately, the same way. For folks that are still listening, I, mean, we, I was joking earlier, but probably a month. You know, so about, when we do this again, you know, in three weeks to a month, it'll be hopefully in the middle of a successful Kickstarter. So we we'll talk about that. Yep. All right. See you then. See you. Take care. See you.